The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss a little bit about GTM and why you need to think about security for it. Joining us is Daniel Avital, who's the Chief Strategy Officer at Check, which is a global leader in go-to-market security, trusted by over 14,000 customers worldwide to protect their marketing revenue and data operations. With Check, organizations can secure their entire go-to-market effort, eliminate bots, fake users, client-side threats, cyber attacks, data contamination, and compliancy risk. And today, Daniel and I are going to discuss the need for GTM security. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Daniel Avital, the Chief Strategy Officer at Check. Daniel, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Delighted to be here, and thank you for having me. I'm very excited for this conversation with you. Excited to have you here. And also, I will say it publicly, thank you for all of your patience. This has been a very strange morning for me. We've had children up all night with illnesses and all sorts of strange things popping up around my household. And finally, I get into work and I get to get to talk about the thing I love, marketing. And here's a funny topic for us. You know, I think about go-to-market GTM, the area that you focus on. I think about all the different ways you're trying to approach your market, what your copy, your language, your strategies, your marketing channel, pricing, packaging. Security is not necessarily something that I inherently think about when I'm worried about my GTM strategies. Talk to me about why GTM security is something that marketers need to pay more attention to. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head, Benjamin. If we were having this conversation five, seven, 10 years ago, with any go-to market leader, that could be a revenue leader, a marketing leader, a data and operations leader, they would not be talking about bots. They would not be talking about fake accounts. They would not be talking about fraud. This was considered exclusively the domain of the chief information security officer or the security team. But all of a sudden, we're living in this world where marketers and revenue and data leaders are dealing almost obsessively with bots and fake users and with security. And I think that's the question that you're asking is, why is this happening? And to give a short answer, and I'm sure we can expand on this as we move forward, is that today the go-to market operation, which as you detailed, consists of many, many aspects, marketing campaigns, bringing traffic into my website, the website itself, third-party tags on my website that can expose my customers to malicious code compliance issues like privacy, consent management, and enforcement, 
CDPs, DMPs, BI systems, all of these things fall under the purview of go-to-market and are subject to exploitation, abuse, fraud, bot traffic. And these are costing organizations not only a security price, but a business price. It's funny, you know, I think we've seen a lot of this in the advertising space recently with Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter, talking about how many fake accounts there are in social media. You know, I think of this sort of fake web, I think that's a term that you coined, or this notion of all of the non-actual people that are taking actions online. It seems like this is definitely a problem in online advertising. People have a reason to go create fake accounts. But why does it affect the average B2B SaaS company? How much are they actually affected by basically fake traffic or fake conversions? One aspect to answer that question is what's the scope and scale of this problem of the fake web? Low conservative estimates say 40% of all web traffic today is in some way, shape, or form fake. It can be crawlers and scrapers. It can be malicious botnets. It can be proxy users who are masking their location or their identity, click farms, automation tools, the list goes on. But this makes up at least 40% of the internet and by many counts and estimates, over 60%. But I'll take 40%. Imagine that you are operating a business, marketing, sales pipeline, website, data and analytics, BI, marketing intelligence, and you're operating in this digital wild west where 40% at least of what's going on isn't real. If you are not aware of that, number one, if you do not have visibility over that, your data is skewed, you think you have X organic traffic or organic growth, you are not aware of this, so you're misforecasting. You think you have a certain click-through rate on a campaign, and so you're optimizing accordingly, but actually the click-through rate is inflated because of bots. You have 5% or 10% of your media spend wasted on fake traffic. It affects every single aspect of the go-to-market operation. Even revenue teams are suffering because we find that about 27% of website traffic engaging with forms and web chat widgets isn't real. So this means 27% of the time and energy of sales teams, of BDRs, AEs, chat reps is wasted on fake leads. That seems like an incredible number. 40 to 60% of the time your forms are filled out are not real. You know, we're reaching out to the people that fill out our forms. We have forms on our website. We've got speaker applications. That's how you ended up on the MarTech podcast. You have a PR rep that filled out our speaker applications. We validate that those are real. We reach out to the people that are filling out our applications. And I would say that probably 99% of them seem to be real. So how do you make the assumption that somebody filling out a form on your website or a demo request, that 40 to 60% of them are not real? What is the signal that you're getting that says that that's not the case? Sure. I would clarify, though, I'm not claiming that 40 or 60% of website form fields are not real. What we're saying is that that is the amount of online traffic that isn't real. That doesn't necessarily translate into form fields or clicks on ads. But what we are seeing is that in specific verticals, that can be the problem, right? I'll give you an example. Higher education have very secure web forms, and they're very good at validating data. If you submit a form on a higher education website, on a university website, they can validate things like date of birth, location, validity of your email. So if I'm buying stolen information credentials on the dark web, a good place to test that out at scale would be a higher education website. And we see they have a big problem. So maybe in your industry, that is not the main use case. 
but it is in other industries. And again, there's many other maladies. How do we know who's fake and who's not? Well, you know, cybersecurity, as you all know, is a tricky business and there's no magic formulas. There's hard work, cat and mouse game. We have over 2,000 today JavaScript challenges to the user's browser whenever they arrive on one of our 15,000 customers' websites. And what those challenges do is they trigger the browser for a response. And based on the browser's response, we can tell if the information from the browser is correct. So if the browser is telling us you're on an iOS 14, based on the response to certain challenges, we will know, oh yes, that is how an iOS 14 device would respond. Or we see a weird response and that would be a red flag. And enough red flags, we know something's up. All right. So I was just about to ask you, what are some of the ways that you validate the traffic? You're matching the device and the browser confirming that so you understand if somebody is actually using the device that it looks like they're coming from. What are some of the other ways that you're figuring out whether your web traffic and your conversions are in fact legitimate? It's really infinite. We deploy what we call in cybersecurity jargon, honeypots, which are basically bot traps. These are all sorts of mechanisms that can only be triggered by a bot. It can be an invisible pixel that the user is prompted to click on that a human user wouldn't see and stuff of that nature. And this is one way of catching bots. The challenges to the browser, one example was the device, but basically anything that is being spoofed. You might be using Linux to run a botnet, but you've spoofed your operating system to be something else. You've manipulated the data. We'll be able to root that out. We can match. We can discover if you're masking or obfuscating your geolocation. We can look at user agent and IP. We look at so many parameters today. And by the way, it's important. You do not make decisions like this based on one parameter. You have to have a multitude of parameters to make a decision. And go-to-market leaders, marketing leaders specifically, the last thing they want is inaccuracy. The worst thing for a CMO or demand generation leader is that you would accidentally block a real paying customer. So we have to be sure. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. 
Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So walk me through the ways that marketers can protect themselves. You mentioned we're going to use some cybersecurity tactics, set up some honeypots, try to capture as many bots as we possibly can. What are some of the other ways that marketers can understand not only how to catch potential fake traffic, but how big of a problem this actually is for them? Well, I mean, what we do specifically, and I'm not here to obviously promote check today, but we provide visibility, put our tag on our website and we show them. So one way to do it is to work with a leading go-to-market security tool. But if I set that aside for a second, I could propose three strategies that we're seeing mid-size and enterprise organizations deploy to combat the fake web and keep it out of their go-to-market funnels. One strategy is consolidation of spot solutions. So you think today, if you go to your average mid-size or above organization, you will have spot solutions that mitigate some issues of the fake web. You'll have maybe a click fraud solution that prevents fraud on Google. And you might have a bot mitigation tool that prevents, that the CISO deploys to prevent malicious bot attacks. And you might have a data loss prevention tool. But the strategy today seems to be consolidating all these tools under one suite of solutions so that they all speak with each other and you eliminate blind spots. So I say that's one thing. Don't rely on spot solutions. Have one tool to look at your entire go-to market. I guess the second strategy that we're seeing work very, very effectively is creating shared goals for the security organization and the go-to market organization. Marketers shouldn't have to go at it alone, okay? The go-to market team shouldn't solely be responsible for securing the go-to market, although it is in their best interest because they're losing money, they're wasting resources, they're losing opportunities. The CISO should also be invested in this and they should collaborate with shared goals. Shared goals could be things like, we want to increase security administration over the go-to market, more controls, but at the same time, we want to reduce friction. I don't want annoying captures popping up in my customers' faces, disrupting their customer journey. I want something that operates on the back end smoothly and lets them flow and does everything without them noticing. So these kind of shared goals is something that's working. And then finally, I'd say a third strategy that we're seeing work increasingly well is, again, aligning your security needs with your business needs. Don't just implement aggressive blocking that will overblock paying customers. Deploy nuanced blocking. Block flexibly. Not every user that you're not sure about has to be immediately blocked. If you're suspicious about them, you can reroute them to a separate landing page and monitor their activity there for Maybe you can summon an extra layer of validation, okay? Or maybe if you're absolutely sure, you can kick them off the website. So I say align it with your go-to market or don't just be an aggressive business blocker. From the marketer's perspective, here's my concern. 40 to 60% of our traffic might be bullshit. But if I go and I tell my CEO, hey, we built this great go-to-market strategy we're going to implement a security solution that's going to take away 40 to 60% of the conversions, I probably don't look very good. So <laughs> tell me why this is actually a benefit to marketers other than obviously you don't want to waste resources. We're all trying to keep our jobs. Marketers or CMOs are turned over every 12 to 18 months. If I go and I say 40% of our traffic actually isn't valid, I'm doing 40% of my job. Talk to me about why I should actually implement this and go to my CEO and tell them that we've got a fake web problem. Absolutely. And you obviously all know the term FOMO, fear of missing out, but there's the more recent term FOFO, which is fear of finding out. I thought it was going to be, excuse my language, fear of fucking up, but I guess that's FOFU. Oh, well, you know, that's FOFU, but yeah. you know, that's a good one. I'll make a t-shirt with that. FOFU is a real thing. 
and people don't want to find out. We know this in medical terms, and this can be true of things like this. But two things I would say. One is that we built this market. Go-to market security was not a thing five years ago. Today, we alone have over 15,000 customers, many of the world's top Fortune 500. All of these companies were not aware that this was a problem or were not aware of the size of the problem or were not aware that the problem affects them or to what degree it affects them. And yet they all, moment they saw the problem with their own eyes, they moved to fix it because they saw the upside. They didn't see themselves as coming to their CEO and say, listen, this is embarrassing. They said, listen, we have this huge margin of opportunity to improve, to uplift our business. If 10% of our paid media spend was wasted on bot clicks, imagine what happens when we not only save that money, but we put those dollars towards real eyeballs, okay? Imagine the uplift. Or imagine that I'm telling you that we'd be making decisions based on bad data. We're gonna clean that up. We're gonna have better forecasts. We're gonna have better optimization. So I think the good marketers see the opportunity more than they see the risk. And then I think the second thing is it's inevitable. Things are happening. Go-to market security is a category today and everyone's doing it. And so I don't see a world for our 15,000 customers, there is no world where they stop doing go-to market security. I think it's better to adopt it because there's no escaping it. As much as I'm joking around about, well, should I tell my executive, <laughs> my lead executive, hey, we've 40% of our traffic isn't real. Let me put on my marketing hat for a second and do a little role play here. I'm the CMO and I'm going to go to my CEO. Instead of saying, here's a copywriting exercise, hey, bad news, 40% of our traffic isn't real. And we're going to implement a security solution that's going to cost some money, but it's going to get rid of all the fake traffic so we can figure out what's real and what's not. Can I have some money to get rid of 40% of our conversions? Probably not a great way to position it. On the flip side, dear executive, I think I have a way to validate that all of our traffic is real, save our resources, and allow us to allocate them appropriately to the channels that are actually driving real customers. And I think this can create 40 to 60% efficiency for the conversions that we actually have. It's going to cost a little, but we're going to make sure that everyone coming through our door is in fact a real person. Don't you think this is an investment we should make? It's all about marketing. It's all about phrasing. It's all about you positioning. And sometimes you're not necessarily just doing that for your customers. You're doing it internally as well. Sure, we all have the fear of finding out. But at the end of the day, our job is to get real customers through the door. That's what our GTM is about. And sometimes you need a little GTM security to make sure that works. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Daniel Avital, the Chief Strategy Officer at Check. Join us again tomorrow when Daniel and I continue our conversation talking about why bots cause Black Friday losses. All right, if you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Daniel, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Daniel underscore Avital. That's D-A-N-I-E-L underscore A-V-I-T-A-L. Or you can visit his company's website, which is check.ai. That's C-H-E-Q dot A-I. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.